Welcome to our Kingdom Conversations, uh, being a winsome witness. And uh, I'm really appreciating these conversations. What a great joy it is to have uh, the Lutheran Hour speaker, uh, Reverend Dr. Mike Ziegler. And he's been sharing with us uh, his experience, uh, his perspective, as he gets to be a, a winsome witness. And uh, over the past three years that you've been in this role, I, I think you've done a great job of, of doing exactly that, uh, being a winsome witness uh, and, and a great example uh, for how God's people, uh, pastors and laity, uh, can proclaim the gospel, but do it kindly, do it gently, uh, do it where you're you're actually caring for the person you're talking to, uh, not just running roughshod and, and hitting people over the head with the Bible. So I appreciate that, and uh, thanks for continuing to be on this conversation with us. Thank you. This is a good thing you guys are doing. I'm glad to be a part of it. Wonderful. Well, you know, as we've experienced uh, parish pastors, Pastor Davis, myself, uh, I'm sure Chuck's experienced it as well. And just we're all aware, sometimes it's hard <laughs> to, to talk uh, to, to other people about Jesus. Sometimes we, we find an opportunity and we hesitate. Uh, we, we try to um, see an opening and we, we say, ah, maybe, maybe this would be offensive or maybe that would come off wrong or maybe I don't have the right words to say. So what, what are some of the barriers or hesitancies that, that you've seen people have when it, when it comes to, to being a winsome witness, uh, to, to communicating uh, the Christian faith to someone else? Well, starting with the things you mentioned, that we, we all struggle with that fear of being offensive or fear of embarrassing ourselves. It's something that I struggle with too. I mean, you, you guys, Pastor Sutton, Pastor Davis can probably relate that it's one thing to stand up in a pulpit and preach a message. And then it's something totally different to strike up a conversation and you're over the fence with your backyard neighbor. That's a different thing. And, and um, I feel all the same pressures that everybody else does about not wanting to be offensive and not wanting to make people uncomfortable. And there's, there's a lot of societal pressures that we all feel. I think another one that perhaps uh, some people feel is a lack of adequate preparation or knowledge, don't know what to say or how to say it, or they're maybe they're afraid that someone will ask a question that they won't know how to answer and ultimately afraid of being a bad witness or uh, misrepresenting Jesus in some way. So I think those are all the fears that keep us from doing this. How, how might people overcome that? You know, you, you said it's one thing to preach. It's another thing to share the gospel over the back fence up. But I find helpful is I wear my robe and my stole at home out in the yard, and that makes me more bold. But um, yeah, <laughs> I saw you at Home Depot the other day. It was really weird. <laughs> so uh, not counting that. Um, yeah, what might be some ways that that people could overcome that? Um, and if I can say too, how do we think about the Holy Spirit giving us mixing yeah. into that? Well, that's exactly what you said, that this is not our message, and we are not sent out on our own. Jesus promised to be with us, and his spirit leads and guides us. So that's just something we always need to remember and, and take comfort in. And then with that, just to practice and try and be willing to fail. And and uh, I think when we do that, at least in my experience, and as I've heard other people who've, who are more experienced in personal witness than I am, what they found is that these conversations can be surprisingly delightful. And, and when, in fact, when we have them, they're not nearly as bad as we thought they were. 
this is kind of a lie of the devil, you know, that, that people are going to be offended and mm. people are going to be upset. But really, when we've done some research with the Barna Group through Lutheran Hour Ministries, and it's, it was surprising, a lot the insights that we got were that even non-Christians often reported more than half that that the last spiritual conversation they had, and they defined that as any conversation about God or faith or lack of faith, most people came away from a conversation like that feeling good, that it was they felt like there was a human connection that they don't often get because we don't have a lot of these conversations these days just for a variety of reasons. So they're really not that bad when we actually do them. Uh, another uh, statistic that's come out of this research with Barna that um, I found pretty compelling is that when, when non-Christians were surveyed and they were asked, with whom would you prefer to have a spiritual conversation? Less than one in 10 said a religious professional. <laughs> so, you know, us pastors and wearing our stole, stoles out in uh, <laughs> you know, the backyard, this is maybe a little intimidating and they don't want to talk to us, but more than half of non-Christians said that they would want to talk with a friend. And so this is, um, I think another resource that, or gift that we all have is that we all have relationships that we're already embedded in people that we already know people that who are already trust us. And, and this, in our culture, very often it's when someone begins to trust a Christian, that's the first step to trusting Jesus. Mm. So I think just keeping in mind that this, this can be very relational and, and starting there. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, that's a powerful thing. I think a lot of times people are hesitant because they think, oh, I don't know enough. And we had a, a real good Bible teacher here, a guest, and uh, he was teaching and somebody asked him something and he said, well, I don't know. And I thought that was such a strong response that if he didn't know, well, who does know? But that this is not, I mean, there's knowledge, information, proclamation, but it's about coming into relationship with Jesus through words. And if you're already in relationship with that other person, the words are not, not I don't want to say not as crucial, but you can get a couple of them wrong and it'd still be a strong experience. Exactly. That's a great thing to remember. <clears throat> and when we talk about apologetics, that ultimately our goal is not to give people new facts. I mean, there's certainly facts involved yeah. with the Christian faith, events that happen, Jesus' death and resurrection, his, his uh, work in the church, his promised return. These are all facts and there's concepts. But like you said, ultimately what we're trying to do is introduce people to a person and and your love for the person for jesus can show even if you don't get all the words just right yeah and that's a powerful thing i'd never considered uh how might a pastor be intimidating in these conversations but but a lay person is not um and, and so we've got three preachers here and and chuck <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to you, Chuck. Uh. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that I really like about what Lutheran Hour Ministries does, and uh, uh, Dr. Ziegler mentioned that work with uh, the research of the Barnard Group, but what of uh, developing the, the spiritual conversations, I mean, they make it so even somebody like me uh, can, uh, can share the word. And, and, you know, they just grab a continuum of people that are uh, unreceptive all, all the way up to people that are seeking. And, uh, you know, if one recognizes where they are at, then you 
maybe in the beginning, you just have that little bit of a conversation. And then as you get to know them, like Mike mentioned about building trust and, uh, and then you can, you know, and you come to this point where then, uh, you know, they're willing to explore the gospel with you. And uh, it's, it's so simple, but it's really powerful. I, uh, I, it's just a great tool, I think. Um, and, and they've done similar thing with households and, and, and in our own congregation, we have the Project Connect uh, racks, uh, but these booklets that, uh, you know, they share with our congregation and our neighbors, maybe during like the uh, community kitchen, they talk about things like suicide, talk about divorce, talk about cancer, talk about Alzheimer's, these things that are painful and, uh, but give people, uh, you know, give them a resource and give, and give them some hope in Jesus. And uh, they're just, they're, uh, it's, it's just great stuff. I, uh, I, I can't say enough. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> the, the research that we've done with Barna is, has been so helpful to provide very practical, implementable resources and, and strategies for this. Like, like Chuck, you mentioned the, the spiritual conversation curve is just starting with what we had talked about, I think, in the first conversation of discerning the posture of the person that you're talking to. Are they, are they unreceptive? Well, then you got to build trust. Are they receptive? Well, then tell them what Jesus means to you and, and show them how Jesus also means that for them. If they're seeking, then answer their questions and guide them toward faith. And it, just trying to start with the person that you're talking to in their posture. That's, that's what those resources are all about. And yeah, they're all, most of them are free. You can get them at lhm.org. Uh, one that does cost some money is a book, but it's well worth it. It's called The Reluctant Witness. It's written by a colleague, a coworker of mine and friend named Don Everts. And he, he does a great job of showing how you don't have to have everything right. He calls himself a reluctant witness. And, but, but, he's discovered that these conversations can actually be quite delightful, quite enjoyable. And people are, are hungry for this deeper sort of a discussion and human connection. So that'd be another one I'd recommend the, the reluctant um, or, or yeah, the, what is he? It's called the, the reluctant witness by Don Everts. I like that. that sounds got- like a, sounds like a Kasugi pot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, like we've got yeah. winsome witness and reluctant witness, kind of neat to, to see different ways people have uh, played on this. So, yeah, yeah. well, hey, this is a, an energizing conversation, especially uh, a, a really a key takeaway, I think, is um, how do you know it's bad if you've never tried it? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, uh, a French philosopher, Montaigne from the Renaissance, he, he says, you can't be afraid of death because you've never done it. Um, Kind of thing, but uh, yeah. the same thing. You, you can't be afraid of telling someone about Jesus unless unless you really have done it. Um, and, and like I'm hearing you say, the more you do it, the more you might find out it's not nearly as as um, scary or or difficult. Maybe even joyful. Uh, we might be surprised. So yeah. uh, if I if I can jump in, uh, Pastor Sutton said Montaigne said something like that. Um, <laughs> Uh, I had a fourth grade friend in, in uh, grade school that said something like that too. How do you know if you haven't tried it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your fourth grade friend was, uh, was right up there with Montaigne. So yeah. 
Anyway, well, hey, thanks for being part of this. What a great joy it is. We got one more. Uh, so thanks uh, for, for being part of our Kingdom of Conversation and uh, God's blessings to you.